welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. is able to build us up the word of grace that is able to make us wise the word of grace that is able to give us an inheritance the word of grace that is able to set us free we receive that word tonight in the name of Jesus this atmosphere is filled with the presence of God the Spirit of God moves over this place the entrance of your word comes with ease in the name of Jesus it gives light illumination understanding to the simple our hearts are simple tonight in the name of Jesus Christ thank you father we bless you for who you are glory to God please have your seat in God's presence thank you father none compares to our God none compares to him very truly glory to God it's been an amazing January. How many of you believe that January has ended? I mean, you woke up today and you're like, geez, this is January 29. And just yesterday, we were shouting Happy New Year. If you're like me, you realize that time is moving so fast. It's moving so fast, so fast, so fast. There's just so much to do, so much to accomplish. And before you make a move, the month has ended. Especially if you have projects ahead of you, if you have things that you're doing. You'll be like, how come it's the end of January already? Right now, I'm living in August. I'm living in August right now because my plate is full and before I turned, i like, why the month has ended? Why? Why? There's just so much to do. So much to do. Jeremiah chapter 29, our anchor scripture for this month. We've been looking at following God's plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and none of evil, to give you a future and a hope. On Sunday, Reverend Adeyefar did a very good job in bringing home the focus we had on Sunday, which is about attitude. So I'll just do a brief recap of what we talked about from the beginning because I think this is the last this is the last service right in January yes 29 yes that's the last service great so a brief recap we started by saying from the from the other verse in verse 12 
that God said, then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. So we try to understand that, look, the fact that God knows something about us, that God has a thought in his mind concerning us, he has a concept, he has something he's thinking about us, doesn't mean that we, we don't have to pray. Okay? So some people have excused it to say that, oh, if, the, if it's the plan of God for me, then let it happen. Some people have, have excused it to mean fate, F-A-T-E. You know, some people have excused it to mean destiny. They say, okay, whatever happens to me, they say, okay, sirrah, sirrah. whatever happens to me, um, it's the plan of God. Whatever will be, will be. But truth matter is, whatever will be, will not really be. Okay? It's not, we don't, as believers, we don't live in Kesera Sera. That's not our MO. That's not where we live. So whatever will be, will not really be. Will not really be. Okay? My, my, wife, my wife has been in the hospital since yesterday. So, um, the doctors, um, when I, they just left her there and I was, after waiting for a while, I went to the doctors and said, okay, what exactly is going on? So until I began to ask questions, they didn't take action. Someone else would have sat down and said, whatever will be, would be. But no, I got up, went to them and said, excuse me, I need to know what your plan is. I spoke to the surgeon. I spoke to I need to know what your plan is. The man said, okay, don't be disturbed. I said, me disturbed. I said, I'm least, I'm not disturbed. I only need to know your plan. So that I can direct my wife what to do, whether she should eat, whether she shouldn't eat, what she should do and all that. So I'm disturbed. I'm far from being disturbed. He said, okay, sir, that's the, if that's the case, then this. I said, then you push it, I've said. So I, I didn't sit down. I went to ask questions. And based on that, I took action. So I can't sit down and say, okay, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. No. No. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. That is God. Is God's MO. That's where he lives. He lives in a place where he knows everything. But we don't know. The fact that God knows does not mean that we already know. No. So he said, I know, but I want you to know. So you will go and pray to me. That's why we pray. That's why we fast. That's why we give. That's why we, we get in the presence of God. So that we will know. So that we will know. So he said, then when you have gone to pray to me, and then you will call upon me, and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me, and find me. When you search for me with all your heart. That's work. Searching for God with all your heart is work. Searching for God with all your heart means sacrifice. It means you foregoing certain things. It means you deliberately looking. Not just saying that, oh, um, let's just go. No. Like I tell you all the time, you don't just come for church. When you are coming for church, have an expectation. You are coming to meet God. It's like if I, if I give you um, um, a, a pass now and say, look, you know what, Buhari... Um, uh, this is the pass to meet Buhari in Asorok. You would prepare. Am I correct? You will have an expectation, church. Am I correct? 
you will you you will sit down and say okay what are the questions i'm going to ask president buhari what are the things i'm expecting to come out of this my meeting with him that's how we prepare for church that's how we prepare so most people come for service and then they don't get anything they go home and they, they just mark the score that oh, would rather not have service because it doesn't make any sense so you prepare when you come before him what is my expectation what's my heart and most of the time expectation is not always okay god this is my problem that's really not expectation expectation is i i give him a i give him a pass now and i said this is the pass to president buhari's office in in abuja From the moment I give him that pass, certain things are running through his head. Who is President Buhari? What's his position? Who is he? What's his position? What's his office? What does my relationship with his office, what will it do to me? So when someone has that kind, that, those are the things that bring expectation. So because you know that this man wants to meet with you based on so and so because of his office you are preparing you are expecting so when God says I know the thoughts and I think towards you and you are coming to his presence you are expecting that what he's thinking about you is what should communicate to you so that expectation is you know, you're building it, you're building it. So when you come in his presence, you're expecting that his thoughts for you is being downloaded. You know his plans for you. Because the president will not just meet anybody. Before he meets you, he knows why he wants to meet you. Am I correct? So, even if you ask him one million questions, he will make sure everything goes to the reason he wants to meet you. Do you understand? He Make sure everything goes. So that's the same thing. When we come before the presence of God knows what he wants to do. So we are praying to him, we are asking him and then he's downloading to us and giving to us his thoughts and giving to us his plans. Giving to us his thoughts and plans. So we'll go and pray to him. He said, and will seek me and will find me when you have searched for me with all your heart. With all your heart. Then we began to outline that prophecies have come ahead of us. It's our year of deep waters. It's our year of the spirit. It's our year of laughter. It's our year of unusual exploits. And everything has, has, has gone forward ahead of us. These things are the revealed intents of God. They are the revealed intents of God. They are, they, are, they are the things that are revealed in the mind of God concerning us as a people this season. So that when we fight and when we war, we are clear in our mind that it's a year of the Spirit. It's a year of unusual exploits. We are clear without a shadow of doubt. Without a shadow of doubt, we are clear. We are clear. We are clear. And then we talked about um, a few things. We talked about the first thing we talked about was believe. I'm not going to go into that. And we listed about four things that you have to believe. And then follow. Follow the revealed plan. Follow the revealed plan. And then you lambano it. And the third thing we talked about was positioning. You have to be positioned, you know, have divine positioning to function based on the yielding of the spirit. 
And then the fourth thing was last Sunday, which we talked about, which was attitude. Attitude. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2 and 3. It said, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, the Lord, is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So, the, the writer here recognizes that God is my salvation. But he didn't just stop there. He said, God is my salvation does not save me alone. He said, but with joy, I will draw from that salvation. So I realize that God has a plan. His plan for me is soteria, salvation, completeness, fullness, nothing missing, nothing broken. But I will be the one to draw from that soteria with joy. That's an attitude. So the fact that God has a plan doesn't end there. It means that I have to maintain an attitude of joy when I'm drawing from the plan of God. His plan for me is good. His plan for me is perfect. His plan for me is a good future. It's hope. But I need to have an attitude of joy to draw from that plan. Glory to God. So sometimes we, 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 look, at, we look at situations around us and we feel like that's why I'm a very... My wife knows me very well. I don't... If you come around me, I am looking like Job. You know Job? You're looking like Job. Nobody knows my sorrow. I won't just near you. Negative energy. My, sometimes my wife is talking and um, she's saying she's saying things like okay, when, when, when she went to the hospital and they gave, they gave us the bill and they said it was 150,000 and uh, she said, ah, so how are we going to pay? I said, will you stop that? Don't say that. I said, it's paid. I don't, it doesn't come around me. I don't like it. It's the way I've been trained. It's the way I've been brought up. Because when a negative energy comes around me, it begins to affect my spirit. So anything negative at all, it doesn't, I don't allow it. Either I walk away from there or I shut you up straight away. And 100% of the time, I'm always right. 100, there is no bill that I've been given that has not been paid. At the end of the day, my wife will say, ah, and you said it too. I said, so when I talk, don't, don't, don't dilute it. When, I'm, when you're saying things, let it, if it's not with faith, I move around from there. That's how we operate as believers. How it will come, you don't, you don't need to know. I don't, church, listen, can we talk? You really don't need to know. All you need to know is that God has a plan for you. And his plan is perfect, is good. So as believers, what do we do? We fight, we fight. That's our fight of faith. He said, having done all to stand, stand therefore. So our standing is staying our ground, saying that, you know what? This thing, you are not going to move me. I'm going to be here on God's word. And that's it. You stand. You stand. So therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So the wells of salvation has a lot of things so many things but the access to it is joy you maintain your joy regardless whatever the circumstance whatever the circumstance 
Whatever the circumstance. Whatever this, you maintain your joy. You stay there. Whatever the circumstance, you maintain your joy. Because it's that joy that will help you to draw from the wells of salvation. Glory to God. Glory to God. Romans chapter 12. This is where I'm going tonight. Romans chapter 12. I'm going to verse 2, but I'll read, start from verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Someone say good, acceptable, perfect will of God. By the way, there is only one will of God. I've, I've heard people preach this sometime and say, uh, God has three wills. He has the good will, he has the acceptable will, and he has the perfect will. The will of God is one. It's one will. What the writer was saying there is that so that you can prove the will of God and that will is good. That will is acceptable and that will is perfect. That's what he's saying. He's not, he's not telling us that God has three wills. No. It's one will. Alright? So read it again. He said, read the latter part. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So it's one will but the will is good it's acceptable and it's perfect. Now, this is it. God's will is perfect. You are not. Let me say that again. God's will is what? Perfect. You are not. So when you're following God's plan for your life, don't follow your perfection follow God's perfect will. That you missed it the first time doesn't mean that that's the end. You are not perfect. But the will of God is perfect. So we keep following unto perfection. That's what the Bible says. Our perfection is who? Jesus Christ. So we keep following to perfection. But each time you try to be perfect, thinking that in your perfection, you will get the will of God done. You are wrong. You've missed it. You've missed it. So we are not trying to be perfect. We are following a perfect one. We can never be perfect till he comes. We can never. So that you missed it the first time doesn't mean that the will of God has ended. No, 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 no. Realize that you, you are imperfect. But his will is perfect. So you keep chasing after. You keep chasing after. You keep following. You keep at it. You keep moving at it. You keep following. Every day, every, every week, every month, you keep following. Why? Because his will is the only perfect thing. His will is the only perfect thing. But you and I, we're 100% flawed. 100% flawed. 
100% flawed. 100% flawed. 100% flawed. So God's will is good. God's will is acceptable. God's will is perfect. Look at the third verse. It says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. That's exactly what I was saying. So you are not aiming a perfection of yourself. You are aiming his perfection. So in aiming his perfection, you recognize that you are not thinking too highly of yourself. But you are thinking soberly. Because you know that you are imperfect. But you know there is one who is perfect, who you are chasing after. Who you are following after. Who you are following after. Week after week, day after day, day after day. Because you know that God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So you are using that measure of faith to follow through with God's plan for you. You use that measure of faith to follow through with God's plan for you. So we live in a very unbalanced and imperfect world. We try to achieve this, try to achieve that, try to do this, try to do that. And then it didn't work out this way. It didn't work out that way. And then we feel so bad. And then it's taking away our joy. Taking away, um, um, you know, our, our countenance is sad and all that. No. No. You can't, you can't, you can't keep aiming for perfection in yourself. You can't. You can't keep aiming for perfection. You aim for perfection in him recognizing that hey I'm imperfect I'm flawed so because I'm flawed I cling onto his own perfection I cling onto his own perfection because his will is perfect I know the thoughts that I think towards you they are thoughts of good that's it again to give your hope and to give your future that's my own thought for you so but in following my plan for you and you err and you make mistakes and you didn't, you didn't um, achieve what you ought to achieve, then you realize that you are imperfect but my will is perfect. So I keep pressing forward. I keep pressing forward towards that, towards that goal. I keep pressing forward towards attaining his will for my life because that will is good and that will is perfect. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we fight. So knowing this, we fight. We fight. We stand our ground. We stand our ground as believers. We stand our ground as one that has known the will of God. We fight. We fight. That's one of the greatest things that would ever happen to a believer. You fight. You are not fighting for perfection in yourself. No. You are fighting for the will of God to have full and complete expression in you. So when you fight, how do we fight as believers? It's not physical stuff. We fight through the word of God. What God's word says concerning you. And something else is coming to tell you something else. You fight. You stand on that word saying no. 
This is what I believe concerning God's word. So I stand on that word. I fight. That's, that's, that's a fight of faith. That's a fight of faith. When I read through scriptures and I see certain things that are contrary to certain things that are happening to me, my fight is that I stand on that word. Either I quote the scripture or I recognize what the word is saying. By recognizing what the word is saying is that I'm saying that um, I'm disallowing anything that does not look like God's promise for me in my life. I'm disallowing it. I'm not allowing it to stay. Something like sickness. Something like um, um, maybe any other kind of thing. Any abnormality in your body. The same thing. You recognize that the thought of God for me is good. It's perfect. He wants to give me a hope. He wants to give me a future. So what I do? I fight. I fight. How do I fight? I recognize that promise. I believe the promise. I accept the promise. With joy, I draw water from that promise. I stay joyful. I stay hopeful. If I have to mutter out those words, I mutter out the words. That's fighting. I'm fighting already. I'm fighting. I'm saying to that situation that God's word is stronger and I believe his word more than I believe the situation. That's what I'm saying. I fight. I fight. I fight. I may not be able to quote the scripture, but I can stand my ground in my consciousness. I can stand my ground in my attitude. I can stand my ground the way I behave. I talked about it just now, that talk, saying, saying things that are negative or contrary to what God is saying about you is a fight. It's a fight. So when you don't accept those things around you, it's not being too spooky. No, it's a fight. It's a fight of faith. It's not being spooky. It's a fight of faith. It's a fight of faith. You are somewhere and someone says, ah, that's how yesterday as we were passing here, this, somebody's car just had an accident. Ah, why is that every time I'm passing here, I'm only seeing accident, accident, accident. I shot that person up. If I were there, I would shut the person up. Why? Because you are creating a negative environment around me already. You are creating a negative environment around me already. Have you been around some people so that when they walk into a room, the, the joyous atmosphere in that room just dies? I've seen that before. Literally, I'm serious. Everybody's laughing and jesting. But this person just walks in. And everything just dies. All the excitement dies. I've seen that before. In situations like that, I take charge of the environment immediately. I take charge of the environment. I change the atmosphere. Why? I cannot allow your reggae to spoil my blues. <laughs> it's true. I can't allow that. I can't. You come with your melancholy and enter the place, and all of a sudden, everybody that were joyful and happy and smiling and jesting. All of a sudden, I was just like, I don't know what's wrong. No, you can't allow that. It's your destiny here. You are drawing water all the time with joy. Each time you are joyful, each time you are happy, you are pulling something you don't know. Each time you are joyful and happy. I read, I read, I read um, an article some time ago. They said conductors, those that conduct uh, music orchestra and all that, that they 
they did a research for people who live long the most and they found that those people are one of the people that live long you can check it up on google it's a research there that they live long the most and then they began to find to do the research and find out why they found out that they spend most of their life conducting doing like this doing like this doing like this and they said that thing has helped their blood circulation and blood. so you wonder when god say when they come before me they should lift up holy hands And when they come before me, they should shout for joy. You're wondering why God is saying that. And some people are in church and, and God says, everybody laugh. And some people cannot laugh. They say, what do, I, what, do I, what do I have that I will laugh for? And then they keep their face like the wall of Gibraltar. And you see their face as stone as Asorok. And you can't laugh. And then next month, they come and say, Pastor, the doctor said, I have face cancer whatever that is. <laughs> and you're wondering, I'm telling you, I have read a research where the doctor said, some people went for, for medical checkup and the doctor said there's nothing wrong with them. Their problem is that they don't laugh. They're not happy. And those things have developed cancerous growth inside them. They don't know. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. So when we're saying be joyful, be happy, we're not saying forget about what's happening to you. No, you can know what's happening to you, leave it there. But know that there's a greater thing that can, that can, that supersedes what's happening to you. There's something greater. It's the life of a believer. Sorry, it's too late. We can't change it. We can't change it. Some people say it's fanatism. Some people say it's being spooky. It's too late. Laughter has healed people. Laughter has set people free. Laughter has given people spouses. Laughter has given people jobs. Laughter has done so many things. Laugh in the presence of God. With joy, you will draw water from the words of salvation. I don't care. I've seen it before. Church, I'm telling you the truth. I've been in situations where the next day is a deadline. But because I chose to fight, by not allowing the situation to come upon me, the deadline came past and the scripture and it came to pass was fulfilled. So you can't allow anything. I don't care the thing. My, my, my wife told me um, on, on Sunday uh, her, her sister-in-law the house we were, we were living in Lagos before we moved down to Port Harcourt we gave it, them, we gave it to them. So she told me on Sunday that the house got burnt. The entire house as in, they showed me the video today, the entire house, I mean entire, they didn't take a pin. The clothes they herself and her husband were wearing when they went out is what they have. Their TV, their uh, washing machine, their bed, their clothes, their certificates, everything got burnt to ashes. I said, it's okay. She said, it's okay. They will clean themselves and start again. If God can give a job an end that was better than his beginning, what are we talking about? Has any of us here had the kind of job experience? Okay, if I say now that you saw how job ended, right? Okay. If you want God to give you the beginning of job so that you can get the end of job, lift your hand up. Some people will think twice. Even after they knew, they know that job ended well, they will still think twice. But the truth of the matter is, we are going through it every day. 
It may not be at the level or height of Job's own, but we are going through it every day. The little things that happen to us, we are going through it. So we are cheating ourselves in the presence of God. We are cheating ourselves and denying ourselves the right to live life. Existing alone, that we will sleep and wake up, is not life. Oh. Tell you the truth, church. That's not life. They say, well, thank God, at least we don't sleep, we don't wake. Never say that. When John 10, 10 says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It did not say that you might sleep and wake up. That life he's talking about is life in existence. To have a bubbling life, full of life, full of the spirit, energized. That when people look at you, they never will know what's happening to you. Until you tell them, they won't know. Why? Because you can't carry it on your face. What you carry is the picture you are seeing in the spirit. So the more you stay with that picture in the spirit, let me use this word, walai, it will come to pass. The more you stay with that picture and not allow the picture the enemy is showing you, it will come to pass. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. But that fight, you will fight it. The Bible calls it the good fight of faith. It is the good fight of faith. So when you are following God's plan, realize the plan is good, the plan is perfect. We are not perfect, but we keep fighting. We keep fighting for a perfect plan. We keep fighting, we keep pressing, we keep pushing. With joy, we are excited and they are asking, ah, do you know that they are sucking everybody in this company? It's okay. Though a mountain may fall here and fall there, though a host may encamp round about me, but God is my source. He's the one I look to. He's the one I put my gaze to. That was the attitude of David. That's why the Bible says he was a man after God's heart. He wasn't after God's hand. He was after his heart. What was in his heart? He was after his heart. That's what he was after. God's heart. Not after his hand. Not what he could get from God. But after God's heart. I've not seen anybody in, in all my reading of scripture that has done so many bad things like David did. Yet, he's after God's heart. Why? Because he would say, God, I would rather that you kill me than my enemy kills me. That's a man that is after God's heart, that knows what he's saying, that look, I'm better off in God's hand than in my enemy's hand. Even if it is for judgment, I'd rather God put judgment on me than my enemy put judgment on me. That's a man after God's heart. He knows that even the judgment of God is mercy. His judgment is mercy. His judgment is mercy. And he would say, where will I run from your presence? If I go down into the deep, you are there. If I go up, you are there. So I can't run. So whatever happens to me, let it happen in your presence. I'm okay as long as it's happening in your presence. Why? He knows that the thoughts and the plan of God for him is good. He knows that the thoughts and the plan for, of God for him is perfect. He said, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you a hope and to give you a future. So at the end of the day, David knows that in God's hand, he has hope. In God's hand, he has a future. In God's hand, he has good things ahead of him. He knows that quite all right. He knows it. He knows it. 
So he stays in that place. He stays. So that's how we find people of God. That's how we find whatever comes our way. The plan of God for you is good. Never, ever, never, ever let anything talk you out of that thing. Whatever the situation make you get to the point where you sit down and say, does God really love me? If you get to that point, please run, come and meet me immediately. It's critical mode. To ask yourself, does God really love me? Ha! That means Satan has gotten you already. He has gotten you already. Because nothing can change that his love. Nothing. Nothing can change it. So for you to get to that point where you are ask, asking, does God really love me? Because of some small, small, small things that are happening to you. You've not even had Job experience. No. No. Nothing can change his love for you. I don't care what the thing is. He can't change his love for you. And his plan is good. The future in his heart for you is a good future. The future in his heart for you is a perfect future. The future in his heart for you is a wonderful future. Let me tell you something I realized. That many times, you know what Yorubas call Afofa? Who can explain that for me? Can you explain that for me? Afofa. Sorry? You're not getting it. Afofa. Can you? Afofa. Afofa. Okay, let me let me demonstrate it. This is your hand. Hmm? Let's assume this thing is sitting down on its own like this. Everybody's passing. They are seeing it. Then me, I come there. I take the thing. I now put it here like this. Hold it with something. Please come and help me, sir. Come. I just hang it there. And then I start playing on that. And this thing is not stable. Come, let everybody see. And it's not stable. Okay? Then I come under it. And I study. Then there. Then there. Then the thing was there on his own. I took it, put it on something that is not stable. And I started doing tente under it. When it falls on me, what will you say? Now you use your hand. Thank you, sir. God bless you. So even if it is that pastor, you don't understand. This one, eh, I deserve judgment. He's saying that can is that Isaiah chapter 49 or so? He said, Can the prey be taken from the mighty? Or the lawful captives delivered? Put that scripture up for me. Isaiah 49. Pardon me? 49, right? 49, what? Can you check it for me quickly? Are you there? Good. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty? Or the captives of the righteous be delivered. Go ahead. But those says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away. And the prey of the terrible be delivered. For I will contend with him who contends with you. I will save your children. Ask the question. When a mighty has grabbed a hold of a prey and the lion has held the prey in his mouth, can it be taken? He said no. He said the lawful captives. You know what a lawful captive is? The guy went. He stole the, not this, not this keyboard, not this uh, guitar. He stole the guitar. And as he was stealing it, 
Mopo walked in. I said, hey, hey, come here. And they arrested him. Lawful captive. God said, even that one, I will deliver. So if that is the God, now tell me, what is the problem that God cannot deliver? That's, his, that's the height of his love. That's, the, that's his thoughts and his plans are good. They are good. He's looking for ways every day to deliver us and draw us closer to himself. Even the things that are, are for offer, that we cost by ourselves. He's a master at using it to deliver us. He's a master at using it to show forth his glory and brag that I'm the one that delivered the lawful captive. Yes, he deserves judgment, but I will show him mercy. And they said, I will contend with them that contend with you. Why? Because when you have made the Lord God your God, and somebody wants to contend with you, knowing that you demand, you deserve judgment, but he's saying, even that person, I will contend with him. So church, God's plan is perfect. I made up my mind many, many years ago that there is nothing in this world that will happen to me that will change my mind the way God feels about me. There is nothing. I may change my mind the way I feel about him, but his mind will never be changed how he feels about me. So when I draw strength, I'm not drawing strength from the way I feel about him. I draw strength from the way he feels about me. Stand to your feet. His plan is good. There are plans of peace and not disaster. Plans to give you a future filled with hope. Filled with hope. To give you a future filled with hope. Filled with hope. That's his plan for you. Wow. Glory to God. That's his plan. Someone lift your hand and just celebrate him. Knowing these things. Knowing that the love of God endures throughout all eternity. Knowing that his love, his thought for you is to give you a future filled with hope. Filled with hope. Filled with hope. So you square your shoulders and look up high and rejoice. Yes, he said after you have suffered a little while. Yes, I may suffer a little while, but I'm coming out strong. I'm coming out strong. I'll learn what I need to learn. I'll understand what I need to understand. Where I have missed it, he'll direct my step. He'll, you know what? Listen, church. You know, God doesn't give second chances. Do you know that? God doesn't give second chances. He gives you chances. He doesn't count it. He doesn't. He doesn't give you, I say, God, please give me a second chance. No. Because he will give you thought. He will give you thought. He will give you. Do you know people say opportunities and come but once? That is no scriptural law. Opportunity comes but every time. It is no scriptural at all. It comes and keeps coming. I 
as long as you have joy, you will keep drawing opportunities. So you say, ah, pastor, I missed an opportunity five years ago. That's why I'm the way I am. No, I can tell you why, why you are the way you are. Because you are, you are still living in five years ago. That's why you are the way you are. Because you've not realized that with joy, you can draw. With joy, you can draw. You've not realized. Say, pastor, you don't understand. Ah, something happened to me. Um, um, two years ago. So since that thing happened, that's why things are the way they are right now. No, 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 no. You don't get it. He doesn't give second chances. He gives chances. You missed it once, he'll give you another one. The day you missed it, he's looking for to give you another one the next time. So what we do is that most times we feel that, okay, let me, God, God wants me to suffer small. Hey, he doesn't want you to suffer small. You are only suffering the consequence of your action. But in his thought and in his plan for you, he's looking for the next big thing for you. He's looking for the next great thing. He's looking for the next good thing. Yes, you made a decision and then the decision didn't end well. And then you're now paying the price and it's taking you three months and it's taking you three years. It's not God. No, it's the direct outcome of your decision. But guess what? In that process, God is looking for a way out for you. He's looking for a way out. That's his thought. That's his plan. So realize that anytime T, there's anything wrong with you, know that the thought of God concerning this situation is good. The thought of God concerning you is perfect. The thought of God concerning you right now is to give you a hope and a future. A future filled with hope. That's the plan of God. So church, this January, we've taught it, we've preached it, follow God's plan for your life. When February comes, March comes, and you go through things, realize that the plan of God for you is good. And it will end in praise. Glory to God. Celebrate Jesus. Come on. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.